So, announcement from earlier today. Um, there's not only um, to papers on the multidimensional poverty index, but also on um, monetary poverty measures. And that's actually one of them. Um, so, so, something different than what you heard the rest of the day, essentially. Um, I'm well, more or less assessing the International Poverty Line, the World Bank International Poverty Line. Um, of course, all of you know what the International Poverty Line is about, also known as the dollar a day um, poverty line. I just to get a little bit of a reminder how the World Bank actually arrives at their international poverty line. Um, so what they do is essentially they collect a number of poverty lines. Um, they need to be from developing countries. As far as I know, that's the only qualification and then convert these um, using international dollars. The conversion process is, of course, also a problem, which I'm not going to talk about today, but just so far. Um, then when they collected these poverty lines, they tried to um, well, analyze the relationship between these poverty lines and um, average consumption in a country. Um, and they argue that um, there's an absolute and a relative component to poverty lines, um, and the relative component increases with average, average consumption in a country. Average consumption is um, used from national accounts, so they don't use those disturbing means that edges on the side. Going to talk about it later again. Um, they, then, they then identify um, these poverty lines, which are supposed to be unresponsive to changes in the consumption. So poverty lines only consisting of an absolute component of the poverty lines. And um, these are the poverty lines found in the very poor countries. Um, and then simply take the average of these poverty lines, which are actually 15 countries, um, to get their international poverty line. So that's just, um, if the national poverty lines are plotted against um, mean consumption, National accounts, you can see this kind of relationship between um, the poverty line and mean consumption. So um, the poverty lines increase with increasing mean consumptions, and there's a, a group of countries um, below the green line, actually, um, left to the green line, they're actually the, those 15 countries used to um, arrive at the international poverty line. And the red line is the international poverty line. So. Obviously, it's increasing. Where exactly? That's um, quite hard to establish. They use a threshold estimation procedure to arrive at this group of 15 countries. So um, they then say, well, this, this poverty line we identified using the strategy is a poverty line representative of the poverty lines um, in poor countries. Um, and I'm more or less simply going to assess that claim very simply by comparing poverty outcomes when um, the international poverty line is applied and the national poverty line is applied for the specific year. So um, if you simply calculate um, aggregate poverty um, or global poverty using that, um, you probably have the poverty outcomes don't differ that much. Um, so it's roughly a third. But um, when we then look at actually how this um, looks at the country level, we see that um, poverty differs, or poverty headcount ratio differs significantly depending on which 
poverty line is actually applied. So whether we apply the national poverty line or whether we apply the international poverty line. So, well, not, not surprisingly, richer countries like Venezuela and Colombia um, have higher poverty rates when their national poverty line is applied. And when um, poorer countries um, have um, well, a lower national lower poverty rate when the national poverty line is applied compared to poverty rate when the international poverty line is applied. But, um, well, these richer countries, um, that makes sense that since it's an absolute poverty line, we find um, high, higher poverty rates when the national poverty lines are applied. But for, well, countries with a mean consumption below 200, there's still a significant difference, so up to 40 percentage points, as you can see. Um, but even though these are supposed to be kind of similar countries when, when they're grouped according to their um, income or consumption. When we then look at um, the difference in the poverty pattern for the 50 poorest countries, so these are the countries um, whose poverty lines have been used to arrive at this international line. And we see that um, at more or identical levels of um, more or identical consumption levels, the poverty headcount differs by um, up to 35 percentage points. So, um, so in the case of Tanzania, the um, international poverty line um, finds like, nearly 80 percent of people are poor, while the international poverty line is uh, 35 percentage points lower. And in the case of Tajikistan, which has more of an identical mean consumption level, the opposite is the case. So the national poverty line identifies a significant chunk of people who are poor, or a significant chunk of people more that are poor find that. So just coming up, um, the smaller as well just said, so richer countries, for richer countries, the international poverty line finds um, um, Lower poverty outcomes, and um, but we also do observe a significant divergence in poverty outcomes, even for those 50 poorest countries with, with more or similar um, consumption levels. So, um, looking at this by region, what is this aggregating this by region? Um, we said we see that, um, well, for most Asian countries. Most Asian countries have low, much lower um, national poverty outcomes than um, when the international poverty lines applied. Um, then Latin American and European countries, and also MENA countries, um, they, their national poverty lines return a much a higher poverty outcome than the international poverty line does. Um, the interesting fact is actually that this is also holds for European countries um, with relatively low income, so this group over here. Um, so while in the Latin American case, all countries with, you could say, an overstatement um, when using the national poverty line, an overstatement of um, absolute poverty when the national poverty line is applied, that's not the case for Europe. Um, Europe meaning Europe plus Central Asia, so this is mm, yes. places like Tajikistan uh, or, or Kazakhstan. Yes, 
bomb or something like that. Yeah, sorry for that. Yeah, true. Um, <coughs> and yeah, well, for Sub-Saharan Africa, all countries are relatively poor. Um, we don't really observe any trends, so to say. Um, and then I'll more look at this effect or less thinking that especially this effect from for Asia and Europe may be probably driven by countries which originally were richer and then suffered from a from contraction in GDP um, and more than the opposite put forward for the case of Asia. So countries like China and India um, had significant growth and eventually it simply failed to update the poverty line. Um, so I looked at um, this graph more and try to disaggregate it by GDP growth. So I looked at um, GDP, the five years of GDP growth just prior to the survey. Would have been nice to have a longer time period, of course, so something like 20 years. But um, as some of these data points of these national poverty lines are pretty old, so I think the oldest one is actually in 1985. Um, I would actually use some data. Um, especially for some of the Eastern European countries where GDP accounts um, are really available. But um, nevertheless, so I define, when I look at um, the 10 year, the same set of loss models for um, a time period of 10 years prior to the survey, or GDP growth 10 years prior to the survey, I get a kind of similar picture. So even then, some um, data points are missing. Um, so um, local is defined um, if there was less than 4% service in these five years prior to the survey. And um, we can see that um, the group where um, national poverty lines um, get um, a much lower headcount than the international poverty lines, essentially, is all high growth and medium growth countries. So actually, mostly high growth countries. Um, and then we have the normal sector over here. So summing up more of that effect. So from the regional disaggregation, one can see that um, the ITL, the international poverty line, um, is a good reflection of poverty line trouble in Africa, but it's not that it's not the case if you look at other countries, at other areas essentially. So for Asia, then you would have an average poverty line for Asian countries, this would be much lower. And it would be much higher if you would have an average poverty line, but take just the average of poverty lines from Latin American countries. Um, the difference um, in the poverty headcount are quite big, actually, but depending on what poverty line one applies. And they are also quite uh, big for um, 50 poorest countries who's, um, who, are the who actually take or who are the countries where the international poverty lines derive from. Mm. And for some European and Latin American countries, the difference equals up to 50 percentage points. So that's not too surprising given that it is an absolute poverty line and these countries probably don't have an absolute poverty line. Um, Going to this last picture, um, we have we just said here. Um, so for some of these high growth countries, the international, the national 
poverty lines could potentially underestimate poverty levels um, as they are so little. So um, going back to the issue of um, those Latin American and European countries which had uh, much higher um, average consumption levels than, um, for example, African countries, or um, a more appropriate concept would probably be to apply the weekly relative poverty line than applying the dollar a day poverty line, which is an absolute poverty line. Um, Rebellion and Chen argued for using um, a weekly relative poverty line instead of a strongly relative poverty line to account for the fact that um, when you use a strongly poverty line, and poverty levels will not be um, affected by distribution of neutral goods. Um, and um, then estimate their weekly poverty line using this data set of 74 countries, which we have just seen before. Um, they argue they have, they use the um, international poverty line, the absolute one, um, at a lower bound, and um, then allow the reflective weekly relative poverty line to increase with mean consumption by a third. Okay. So, yeah, just going to wrap with that. So, poverty levels are significantly higher, obviously, when you use the weekly relative poverty line. Um, we see that the, the, the divergent poverty outcomes reduced for richer countries, um, and relative poverty lines, which are the diamonds, um, are closer to the weekly relative poverty line than absolute poverty lines, which is not too surprising. But some countries, especially uh, India and China, for some of the, for these countries, um, the difference in poverty outcomes actually increases. So um, that's a similar picture for the growth effect, where we actually can see that um, all this looks uh, more or less overstatement of poverty when you consider the national poverty line for the difference is mostly in countries with high growth to medium growth. Mm. So as I just said, applying the weekly relative poverty line increases the, blo the global poverty headcount. Um, weekly relative poverty lines appear to reflect um, the national poverty lines of rich, rich countries better, but um, the diversion for some countries, India and China specifically, Increases. Um, and look more or less the same result as we just saw before. Um, some medium and high growth countries appear to understate poverty levels, different poverty levels. So, main, our main findings are that um, these poverty levels differ significantly depending on what poverty line you use. Um, and they even differ for the subgroup of 15 countries, which are used to, to um, determine the international poverty line. So the claim that the international poverty line is representative of um, national poverty lines for these countries well, may need to be questioned, in my opinion. Um, the weekly relative poverty line fits the national poverty line of richer countries better. Um, but nevertheless, the, re the reliability of that measure, which yeah, you find up to 40 percentage point differences 
this well, a little bit sun. So there are several reasons why why we actually get so different outcomes. One is um, that probably they apply the drum function of filling when we um, estimate the the component of fifty for the country, so certain parts of they more about that. Um, another reason may be that um, they simply use of the wrong explanatory variables. So they use consumption from national private consumption expenditure from national accounts to determine that the country is rich or poor. <coughs> and well everyone knows that um, national account statistics from low in for many low income countries are not very reliable. Um, moreover the this also may include other goods than simply private consumption expenditure, even though so this termed consumption expenditure, it um, also includes spending um, on goods and services by um, unincorporated businesses and on governmental organizations. Um, and it's, so a country may actually be assumed to be richer than it, than it actually is, since we do not know that the share of spending would be identical across the countries we're looking at. Yeah. Okay. So, just to sum up, these are the main findings. And well, this is something technical. I think something interesting also to take away from that would be to see. Um, okay, these are technical issues, but what's also quite interesting if you look at the high-growth and low-growth countries is that we we just take the average of 15 national poverty lines. We attach a very high rate. Um, on specific national poverty lines, which is um, to when we actually calculate global poverty levels. Um, that, that actually is a fact, in my opinion, that policymakers need to be aware of. They are very often not. Okay. Well, Great sorry for <laughs> um, yeah, my, I spent so much time, but yeah. Great, thank you.